Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello. Royfield here with another new advertiser. Now, before you go and say that you need to fast forward, this one is important. Well, all advertisers are because they help keep the lights on and pay our bills. But this advertiser is also extremely different, so please lend me your ears. As a good fan of the archers, you're probably impressed with Jim's scholarly knowledge of the classics by authors like Homer and Cicero. And he does drop in the odd reference to Nietzsche and people like Spinola from time to time. Now, if you are, go to OnlineGreatBooks.com. Online Great Books is designed to help you develop a regular habit of reading the great books. It has weekly reading goals, reading reminders, accountability tools, and a dedicated community of fellow readers that help you keep track and on schedule with your reading. In fact, as Jim would say, you can learn ad libitum. Every month they select and send you an edition of one of the great books directly to your home. They begin with Homer and progress through the works of Plato, Aristotle and Descartes, Shakespeare. You get the drill. It's all the great thinkers. It's right up Jim's alley. So if you're interested in developing a lifelong habit of reading and studying the great works, go to onlinegreatbooks.com forward slash ROI and enter the promo code ROI to get a 25% discount off your first three months of learning. So it's bene cognita, as Jim would say. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. You're listening to Sunday's episode of The Archers from BBC Radio 4. I don't know why that makes me laugh so much, but it just does. This is Dumpty Dum, the show about the reality docudrama that is centred on Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I am the adequate pension that is Robert Wilson, and with me I have the cracked piggy bank that is... Lucy Freeman. And the last part of the world's least romantic proposal, folks, is you. This week's Dumpty Dum is from Quentin Bennett who cheated slightly, but in the most wonderful way. Thank you for that. <laughs> now, Lucy, if someone else wants to cobble something together, how can they do it? 
If you would like to sing us a Dumpty Dum, leave us a plot prediction, or mysteriously burn bruschetta that you don't even cook, then call us on 02030313105 or leave us a message on SpeakPipe. Thanks to Cosmo for his podcast roundups and for doing the Dumpty Dogs, Shambridge for her voices, Mike Hatton for his character counts, and to Derek in the back bedroom. Derek is in a bad mood as he is not a fan of the heat and his knobbly bobbly dripped all over Auntie Cardboard. Oh, no. <laughs> On this week's episode, we hear views from Witherspoon, Andrew Horn, Andrea Melling and Catherine Rowan-Jones. But first, before the calls, let's brace ourselves for Lucy V. Freeman's Week in Ambridge. We began the week worrying <laughs> about... The Waterley Cross cricket match. If they can't beat a team who are both watery and cross, I don't know who they can beat. It was all part of the great PC Burns pension storyline, which has had us all on the edge of our seats for the last month. Will Fallon find her national insurance number? Will she sign the forms in time? Who bloody cares? Will's continued belief that he can buy Jake's loyalty continues apace. Will's taking us to laser tag, said Jake, adjusting his Rolex under his Yves Saint Laurent shirt. <laughs> Bearing in mind Will's other fabulous idea to amuse a bunch of teenagers was the Black Country Museum, laser tag mm. was actually not a bad call. But sadly, it involved teaching a traumatised teenager how to use a firearm. Well done, Will. <laughs> Is there a vacancy for an NRA mascot? Now, just remember what I said. Keep it into your shoulder. Always treat it as if it's loaded and never fire it on anyone except Martin Gibson and other people's dogs. <laughs> I am about to say something you should never, ever say, but it's okay because I know you won't tell anyone. I preferred Alice when she was drinking. There, I said it. <laughs> Daddy's girl is resolutely sticking up for Daddy, stomping around self-righteously, having a pop at everyone who's giving Brian a justifiably hard time. He was short of money, said Alice. You don't know what it's like to be without money, Adam. All I have is a salary in the house I was given. I'm basically mm -hmm. the rural poor. Well, you'll have to excuse me because my waitrose delivery is due. Things at the stables are stickier than a honey flapjack. There is much shuffling around about who opens the post, who eats whose porridge and who's sitting in whose chair. Goldilocks, Hebden, Lloyd refused Shula's lamb casserole and trotted off to Gay Grable's. Ah, food. Yes, you've come to the right place. We've got loads of that here, said Ian, who, as we know, is slowly going mad. Is the restaurant open? No, said Ian. So Alistair went back to the stables again, where he's sleeping <laughs> on the ironing board. Is it okay if I use this milk? He asked. Yes, said Shula. You can use anything in the fridge, apart from the fridge, because that's mine, and I've initialed the peas. Ian has gone completely doolally and started describing the embryo implanted in Lexi as the bride. I don't know much about the guidelines around implantation, Ian, but I do know that that's the kind of thing they watch out for. As it sounds a bit, well, batshit, really. Lexi commiserated with Adam about the process not working and Adam said, the, the what now? Oh, the baby thing. Yes, that was a shame, wasn't it? Remind me of a name again? Dexy, isn't it? Johnny broke up a scrap between little Lord Lower Loxley and Ellis Capone in the car park. Isn't fighting brilliant? Lily's English revision is like totally doing her head in. Freddie's unique way of remembering things is to think about the house he lives in and put everything he needs to remember in that house. Then he's just got to remember where he lives, find his keys, <laughs> himself in and remember what he went in there for. It's not exactly Sherlock's mind palace, is it? More like Freddy's flop house. After that genius scheme unaccountably failed, he turned to smart drugs. 
I'm not doing E, he said. I can only do three of the vowels. You know that. <laughs> Lily took on the challenging role of Zamo Maguire in a one-woman-just-say-no campaign. Stand by for the celebrity single, with harrowing images of Neil Carter shooting up in the bus shelter and Linda Snell off her tips on Allerese. <laughs> Linda was test-driving a bulldog that Hootie took a sudden and violent dislike to. She unaccountably finds grumpy, pugnacious things that are permanently out of breath, not to her taste. Possibly she doesn't like the competition. Anyway, everyone obviously <laughs> felt that this dog was completely hideous. But as we all know, Linda is only interested in their asses, So it doesn't yeah. really matter. <laughs> Honestly, it's this kind of thing that makes me nervous sometimes about introducing people to the archers. Brian has sold Hungary. That's really surprising. I had no idea Home Farm was such a huge concern. Has anyone told the Hungarians? Who owns them now? I think he sold them to Simon Cowell. The glee in Adam's voice was undeniable as he realised they were up shit creek without two million quid and Brian was staring down the wrong end of a prison sentence, which would allow Adam to use his doom voice all the time. How fantastic! Not just when he couldn't remember his Amazon password or when the milk had gone funny, but for a real proper reason. Oh, his cup of melodrama was running over, which was another thing to sound miserable about. Shula and Kenton went joyriding. She was completely reckless and drove halfway to Hollerton without her crash helmet. It had really good acceleration for a 17-seater Ford Transit minibus. Drive it back to the stables, show him you don't care, said Kenton. Don't care about what? Alistair hasn't done anything. What's she trying to get revenge on him for? Honestly, Kenton is an enabler with absolutely no clue why he's enabling what. But then Alistair, after he'd finished sawing something's teeth off, I'm not sure what, possibly one of the baby <laughs> girls, packed his self-importance into his vet bag and marched off to the ball to tell Kenton, Kenton that Shula should be having a good hard think about what she's done, putting herself first. What will people say? I immediately then totally switched sides and hoped Shula would buy a McLaren and mow down Auntie Cardboard while smoking Freddie's smart drugs and wearing the sodding bunting as a hat. The end. <laughs> you know, I did promise myself this week after um, Cosmo did the roundup for the last show I did and he said, uh, and Naked Fingers cackles in the background. I thought, I must <laughs> not cackle. I won't even cack. I, I, Cosmo, you miserable sod. I need the cackling, otherwise I think that the connection's gone down and I'm chatting away to myself. I am contractually obliged to cackle. To cackle, exactly. And I did that. I I, you know, I, I'd have done it even if I weren't. I come around and beat them around the face and neck if they don't laugh hard <laughs> enough. Oh, dear. Tell you what. Um, what was all that golf GTI thing about? Because the way, the way that I listened to it three or four times and I was out for a bike ride listening to it and um and i had the wind in my hair well what's left of it and yeah, um in your wig yes <laughs> and um and the way the scene was playing out you thought oh this was like a maserati or something like that and then what the next episode was that it was a golf gti convertible <laughs> and you think well that's hardly a massive <laughs> extravagance so we, well it made yes. you wonder what the hell she'd been driving before i mean yeah i'm not a very carry person i don't care whether anyone's got a lamborghini or any of those things but but probably, you see, she was driving a vo like a really old Volvo or a Saab. I, I was about to say that horsey people mm. buy something horsey. And yeah, one of those old mm. boxy Volvos. Mm. And I reckon that Alistair's probably got a four by four because, you know, you need you need something yeah. big enough yeah. to put a, a dead dog in the back yeah. or something, don't yeah. you? And or I bet, I bet Shula's got a massive Volvo. <laughs> 
No, actually, well, yeah, I'm not surprised. With <laughs> and, again, and it's about to get a lot more use. <laughs> Been round the clock a few times, well, I imagine. You can tow a horse box with it. It's got to be. Yep. <laughs> Oh my goodness! This is this has descended quickly, hasn't it? Anyway, um, whose fault is it? Yes, I know. I'm sorry. That was me, folks. Um, yes, several scenes I found intensely irritating. Hot tub. <laughs> Sloshing no. around in a hot tub. Haven't they got their own hot tub? Who are you talking about? Adam and Ian. No, that was yesterday, and we're not doing that. Oh, sh- well, that didn't happen, folks. No, <clears throat> what hot tub? Sorry. What are you talking about? Um, I have no idea. I found. The stupid dinner party with Hannah, stupid. Oh, okay. Because you don't invite just one person, anyway, to a no. dinner party. And Susan would know that. And if he knew it was Hannah and he remembered it was Hannah and everything, why the bloody hell did he not tell everyone it was Hannah before she arrived? Mm. Why was Hannah so snotty with Jazza when she'd actually stood in the ball for 15 minutes, hoping to see him? And then... She's nagging him. him. She actually does like him. Oh, do you think? Well, that's, that's my experience with women. I mean, they, they generally ignore me, and, uh, but really secretly they, they're in love with me. So I'm, I'm a bit like Jazza in that sense. That's <laughs> my... Delusional, yes. Yes, um, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, and yes, that scene annoyed me. Um, the Sheila in the car scene annoyed me. Mm-hmm. And the... the uh, yeah, the proposal that wasn't the wedding that was all right, I suppose. Was all right. The bulldog, mm. the bulldog scene was annoying. Oh, I quite like that. Did you? Yes. Well, why do you, why do you think Jill took a, a, a dislike to it? it? Not because it was ugly. I, I well, actually, in retrospect, I think maybe it was just a because they're quite cruel, aren't they? The, the, the way that they breed these these bulldogs and they can't breathe and they're a bit you know. Sloppy. Yes, I think it was probably just a bit wheezy and asthmaticy and fat and everything else so it wasn't because farming people don't have a lot of a lot of they don't have a lot of time for sort of pedigree dogs that well they'd rather just have a really good collie and or a lab shooting dog you know not a not something daft a spaniel at the outside yeah yeah although spaniels are nuts but anyway um (laughs) yes i can't remember what the other scene there was one more scene that what about the shooting scene? So got on my nerves. That was all right. I mean, a bit boring, but it was all right. Um, no, there was something else that was just wrong, 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 wrong. And I thought, what the hell is this even here for? But uh, I think quite a lot of it's like that at the moment. Um, and I kind of wish it would. Yeah, Ian. Ian is sounding slightly manic and. Uh, just sort of giddy and hysterical and he's completely tone deaf to Adam. He's not noticing the fact that Adam's kind of genuinely backing away from this, this baby thing and is kind of worrying about, you know, he's worrying about his financial future and his business future and his stepfather facing a jail sentence possibly and all these things. Well, that's kind um, of understandable that he'd back away from that. Well, yeah, exactly. But Ian's just tone deaf and is just going, when can you do the, when can you do the implantation? You know, it's just, he's not registering the fact, he's not picking up the signals that Adam is backing away like mad. And that thing about it's like we looked at the embryo and it's like seeing the bride before. <laughs> the, I mean, that was just weird. 
<laughs> really weird. Oh, uh, yeah. And it, too, too many horrible images are, are, are conjured up just thinking about that, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. Horrible, horrible thing to say. Um, uh, did, so did they actually... I'm going to be I'm going to say something stupid. I mean they don't, I mean you, they don't hold a test tube up with a test tube up with a with a, a little alien no, zygote. No, it's on a scab. Okay. Yes. But how do they do We should have researched that. I should have researched this. Yes, I don't know. But it's okay. not wearing a veil, a veil and a big white dress. So whatever it and is It's not carrying a bouquet either. Still mad. Mad mad mad. And Where I do you think that's going? Do you I think can see why, why Lexi, I think she's going to back, I think Lexi's going to back out of the next round yeah. and say there's too much going on for you guys at the moment because, you know, you, you wouldn't, obviously I'm, you know, I have got no idea what this would feel like, no. but you would not want to, um, you really wouldn't want to go through all that if you were not 150 million percent sure that hmm. the people were committed to staying together and bringing the child up. And if she can, if she's sensing reluctance from Adam, which let's face it, isn't he's not doing it very subtly, um, it would make her think twice. Definitely, I think that's where it's going. Yeah, because it's a full 12 month commitment, and obviously, I know babies take nine months to grow, but. Yeah, there's all the stuff going on ahead, yeah, yeah. and that's at least a year, isn't it? Yep. Mm, yeah. Okay, that's going to go that way because because Pip, who has been non-existent for the last yeah. half, month or two, she was yeah. mentioned seven yeah. months seven now. Months, She's seven yeah. months gone. Yes. Time flies, doesn't, doesn't it? it? I know. A bit late to, <laughs> you know, get rid of it now, Pip, isn't it? Unless you. Mm. Well, let's hope nothing, well, nothing presume, bad's going to happen there. I but no, I presume you know she. That's all. That's all fine. We just assume it's all fine. But at least it means that we haven't heard from bloody Toby either. I got to like Toby. I kind of quite like to see him come back in. I'd like to see him grow mm. in, into into the. the well, you will, won't you? Because you'll see him grow in fatherhood. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Now, what about Will? <sighs> well, he's trying too hard. Yeah, he's trying much too hard, and children can can detect that. What we're supposed to pick up is that he's having far too much emotional responsibility loaded onto him by Will. Mm. And, uh, yeah, it's just not very nice to hear Will's desperation. And it only takes such a tiny thing for Will to wig out immediately, doesn't it? When he yeah. didn't make that catch at the cricket. Right, that's it, mm. we're going home, blah, blah, blah. This was a terrible idea. And you think, calm down. Not to overreaction in 30 seconds. There was sort of, you know, yeah, it was, he's a man on the edge. And what's worrying is that he hasn't mentioned the fact that he's about to be evicted. Oh, yes, of course. And oh, that God. hasn't been mentioned for a whole week. So what are we, you know, what is happening? I presume that will be picked up again next week. Unless he's just going to go straight back to work. I mean, is he capable of going back to work? Probably not. But I I would really, really question the advisability of him wandering around with a gun on his own. Do you think that's why they... If I, if I was an employer, I would think, hmm, maybe there's some working from desk work or something. You could hear some figures or there's some whatever. You can do the stats for a little bit or do the shoot plan for next year or something like that. I know this time of year, though, is super busy, but... Yeah, yeah. Well, I saw lots and lots of pheasants on my bike ride at the weekend. 
but uh, none of them were being shot. I don't know. It, it, there must be a season that starts. The glorious 12th is grouse. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, so, yes. So pheasant shooting must start soon because they look very plump, I have to say. But No, yeah, they don't but, shoot them now. Don't they? No, it's oh, well, autumn. Is it? Oh, God, mm. I don't know. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm not very countryfied, as no. you can tell. <laughs> I do, I do Scottish mountains and and the American West, and that's it. I I don't do rural rural Midlands as far as you know, the country pursuits are concerned down there. Let's talk about Brian and this this. There's a lot of male ego and pride strutting around Ambridge. Not that there isn't in any case, but with Will uh, and with with Brian, and they're both reacting to trauma in. Well, I don't know if it's the same way, but there are symptoms that, that are similar. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. In I think the, it's, in all, the... it's all very tribal. Hmm. It's all very tribal because Will has was a tri- in a in his sort of family tribe where he had the woman that did the woman things as far as he's concerned and yeah. now she's gone and now he's trying to fulfill both roles and not doing either very well. Um Brian and Adam is is just classic succession, tribal succession. Um, you know, the old silverback being pushed out by the new young gun, and the because Alice takes the role in a weird way. Alice takes the role of of Brian's sort of other wife, his concubine. Um, she's you know endlessly sympathetic to him. She goes off at him, but she um, doesn't disguise her love for him at all. Um, and you know she's she's more open about it than all the others, um, and she's always been sort of daddy's little princess. And you know she's having a go at Adam, saying don't have a go at the at the, at the silverback. He's still the daddy, and you're not. And, and Adam's sort of protesting, and you know it's all yeah. There is such a lot of jostling for jostling for p- position at the moment. And she does have a point to a certain extent, as in you, know, you haven't. You know, this was kind of handed to you on a plate, even though you know, mm. it was handed to her on a plate, mm. and that Brian has had to work for it, and you don't know how lucky you are. And he, you know, he is self-important and pompous, but that that seems to be something that 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 is cultivated in mm. in uh, in home farm. But also, the mm. thing that she didn't say was that he wasn't even your dad. Ooh, okay. I think that was okay. what the. You know, you have had this handed to you on a plate, you know, and you're not even his own son. Oh God, of course. Yeah, you. Well, you, I mean, you, you think she would even touch on that? Do you think that even comes? I think into she it? would. Yeah, I think she was that. Cause she because she was trying to say to him, "This is how ungr- ungrateful you are." Okay. And if you look at it in those in those terms, oh, okay. it, it is oh, a little bit ungrateful. Yeah, and um, Brian sort of looks at it in that way. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, own Brian is old, you know, the fruit of my loins. You can imagine him saying <laughs> it, can't you? I mean, he's not going to, you know, is anything that comes that's to do with Jenny is 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 um, definitely sort of subpar compared to his genetic wellspring. God help us. Mm, it's bound to come out, though, isn't it? This mm-hmm. they can't keep this secret. We may have spoken to this before, before, but you can't you can't keep a big secret like that. That that it was actually Brian that mm. that dumped or was very very complicit in the dumping of whatever it was. Well, people are going to want to know why Home Farm is selling land, um, why they're going to have to lose some staff, why they're going to have to sell off other assets. 
why Brian's abruptly gone, you know, because at the moment he sort of said, oh, I'm just taking a back seat for a bit, you know. All of that points to, you know, somebody, you know, especially the insurance, right? You're not going to insurance because it was your fault. You know. Wouldn't you just remortgage the whole farm? Yes. What did they say? They were two million, two million short? Two million, two million short, yeah. yeah. It's just a small house in Wandsworth, that, isn't it? <laughs> or Oxford. <laughs> Yeah, and I can't afford either. <laughs> yeah, mm. well, interesting times. But we know that because of what was in the Telegraph when Sean O'Connor left, we know that there is going to be some sort of inheritance shenanigans involving Ruaruari. So we just have to wait until the poor chap finally says something and we find out what he sounds like and who he is. Yeah, as soon as we got rid of Jake. Because you won't have Jake and Rory together. No. Really played by the same actor the way we're going yes. anyway, just to make things yeah. totally confusing right shall we uh, let someone else have a say yes and go for the caller in Hello. hello Ambridge3962 and first up is Witherspoon. Greetings, Lucy Royfield, Robert Milliabell, and all Dumpty Dimmers around the world. It's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis <laughs> here. First, I want to congratulate Fallon and Harrison on their upcoming nuptials. What I realized this week is that I am a Harrison, not in the Dumpty Dum tradition, as I predate Harrison by a long time, but that I am Harrison, at least in some ways. I have long planned my retirement, putting away money each and every month, and at any given moment, both my business and personal checking accounts are balanced. Now, I'm probably a bit more free than Harrison in spending money, mostly on clothing. I am a gay man, after all. I definitely married a Fallon, who incidentally also proposed to me. So maybe a little Harrison plus a little Fallon is a good recipe for a successful relationship. Now, let us consider Shula and Alistair, two Harrisons, if ever there was a pair. So they each need a Fallon to compliment them. Not a convertible, you hear me, Shula. I know he's your brother, but is there a worse choice than Kenton to seek relationship or any life advice from? Don't you have a girlfriend you can talk with? Wait, you don't. Here, let me give you my email address. And by the way, I'd rec recommend that you talk with a divorce lawyer before making any significant purchases. And you may find that Alistair has a claim on half of Caroline's bequest to you. Calling Miss Mid-City, please. Let me finish by saying... Now that we won't be hearing from Dan for a while, I totally got his emotional reaction to his parents' split. I have treated many young people in their teens and 20s who have reacted similarly, or have heard from fathers especially, who have been hurt by their grown kids' response to their breakup. So, Dumpty Demers, give Dan a break. And with that, I'll say bye and talk to you all soon. I agree, and I, I, I think I sort of said this the other week, is that I think people were too harsh on poor Dan, who he, he comes back from uh, you know, an extended period of whatever you do in the army. And where was he? Was he in Kazakhstan or something? I can't remember. I can tell. I can't remember. It was somewhere. It was somewhere that I, I thought, oh, are we there? Anyway, um, <laughs> to find that um, we get everywhere, don't we? Um, <laughs> to find out that his, his mum and dad are. Uh, uh, Divorcing, yeah, he's going to have a reaction. He's not going to shrug his shoulders and say, oh, c'est la vie, mm. I saw that on the cards. He's going to, yeah, it makes you question, he questioned his own relationship and 
why Alistair and Sheila got married. He, I thought that was quite realistic. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you know, and in these situations, you can't you can't really blame people for having an emotional reaction first off, can you? Mm. I mean, because- but it was just the way he assumed, like everybody's assuming, that Sheila doesn't know what she's doing. She does know. She's thought about it. She's decided this is really boring and I want out. Mm. I think that's okay. Yeah. But everyone, you know, he was going to, you're going to be lonely. And she's going, well, I'm happy to take that risk. No, no, you didn't hear me. I said, you were going to be lonely. You know, mm-hmm. you did, I'll mansplain what that means to you. You know, and she's saying, I know I am prepared to take that risk. I think I will be okay. No, you won't. You know, it's just people trying to sort of bulldoze her for, to, to, to keep everything in the status quo to make them feel reassured. It's just hugely annoying. Mm. Well, lots of people do it. Who was the mm. last couple to get divorced? In I mean, not in the world. I mean, in Ambridge, yes. I was going to say, I, I couldn't help you there. <laughs> with Spoon, I <laughs> Robert, I don't know. Um, oh, last Kathy, get Kathy and Kenton weren't married. Kathy and Sid. Kathy and Sid. Okay. Because there isn't really such a thing as a no-fault divorce. So you have to, because I was listening to a podcast about divorce and how uh, how it, how it works, and you have to wait two years mm. if if there's if you don't cite unreasonable behaviour yeah. or adultery. That's that's the route they're going to have to go down, isn't it? Yeah. So they've got two years of this. We've two got years two of years of this. Oh, yeah. And of course, if she had have bought the Golf GTI, Alistair would have been entitled to half of it. Mm. I completely had a very good point with Spoon. As I hadn't thought about Caroline's money and that him being entitled to half of half of all of it. But how, how much did she get from uh, from? I don't know. Point? He said Caroline five grand or something. He said, yeah. "Oh, you could you could use that as a deposit." He didn't say you could pay for the whole thing or anything. Yeah. Okay. I do like the idea that everyone needs a little bit of harassment in them. <laughs> <laughs> I know I do. Oh, by the way, talking of that, mm-hmm. um, lovely actor that plays um, Harassment. John. Uh, uh, who? Mr. James. Cartwright. James. What did I say? James. Did I, what did I say? You said John, I think. Oh, sorry, James. Um, James Cartwright. Uh, I texted him last week and um, he said that because uh, there was some debate over whether or not uh, Harrison was supposed to be from Lancashire or Yorkshire and he said he is of course from Lancashire mm. yes <laughs> Lancashire like uh, yes yes he is and uh, I think the actor is from there too um, the other thing right is that the I don't know if we're going to talk about this later but that I, I think you said it was a bit silly that, that marriage proposal thing but I, I quite liked it Oh, you're a soppy, I did. I'm a soppy old sod, and and I guess because of the way that she was resisting it, whatever. But she came round to her senses in the end because I mean they do sort of belong together, don't they? But she was another one. That, that was another one of those Ambridge relationships, which I firmly contend will be Hannah and Jazza. Is that she was having none of it uh, in yeah. the beginning? Yeah, having none of it, and then she was slowly beaten. Into surrender, well, or yeah. wooed. Perhaps wooed is a better, better way of putting it. I well, Harris, that's, what's going that's why he's harassment. He wouldn't bloody leave her alone, would he? Yeah. <laughs> behind bushes and things like that. But the last bloke she was with was called Harry. Oh no, that was Reese, and then Harry before, who turned out yeah. to be gay. Yeah. Hmm. 
Oh, well, I'm, I'm, I just don't want to go to the wedding, though, because it'll be full of old tat, won't it? <laughs> and crap cakes. <laughs> anyway. She reminded me of a wedding, a wedding This wedding dress, when it started out, was three dusters and a, <laughs> and a sofa cushion. Yeah. Maybe I'm being unfair. No, yeah. Oh, right. Who is next? <laughs> I don't know who's next. It Press is the button and find out. Monsieur Andrew Horn. Greetings, Earthlings. Andrew Horn here. Well, for me this week, it's all about the bees. B for Beverly. Now, she only made us one appearance, and it caused a bit of disagreement on Twitter between people thinking she was being a bit cruel and heartless. And the opinion that I took was that actually she was trying to be helpful. She didn't need to tell Will that Andrew had seen his solicitor and was looking at the children coming to live with him full time. She didn't need to tell him at all, but she did because she wanted Will to have a chance. And she realises just how difficult he is, which is why she approached it in the way she did. So I think hats off to Beverly. I think her heart's in the right place. And the other B is Brian. And I think on Friday, I detected some humility. I think he, it, as for a business episode, it was one that didn't have me shouting at the radio. I thought they, they handled it quite well. He's it's coming home now, just how much this could cost. The insurance isn't going to pay out. And I think Adam also seized the moment to start rebuilding those bridges with Brian and look for a common solution. So for once, Adam didn't annoy me. So really, actually, <laughs> things have been looking up this week. Anyway, that's all for me. I hope everyone in Dumpty Dum Land is well and speak to you all again soon. Bye. Bye. Did he mean that Adam didn't annoy him at all or just in that little bit? Just in that little bit. OK, I'm going to say because your judgment is shot because he was quite annoying in the rest of <laughs> the omnibus. <laughs> I have to say, and he was right. There is, there was, there was some humility, I think, mm-hmm. in Brian's. Yeah, um, well, he just sounded shell shocked. But it was just you know, a, a, a scintilla of, of humility. Running. Yeah, yeah. There's nowhere yeah. to hide. Oh well. What did you think about <sighs> Beverly? I I agree. I agree. She, it was, and it was. She was kind of. She was guarded in what she was doing, but it was. It certainly sounded like um, not not a warning shot, but just like a a heads up. This yeah. is what's happening. Yeah. You need to um. You need to think about this and and how you're going to approach it. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and and he's right. She didn't need to tell him any of that. It came as a massive shock to him. So you know, mm. um. But he's now got time to sort of modify his behaviour a little bit and think about what's best for the children rather than this sort of um, headlong kind of mollifying thing that he's doing, which isn't really working for anybody. Um, So, yeah, I thought she was quite nice. And what was really odd was that she sounded a little bit like Nick. Yeah. uh, At first, I thought it was the same actress that plays... um, one of the Horribins. Was it Donna? Uh, Tracy Horribin, you mean? No, Tracy. Who? Who's the? the there was the um, the sister-in-law or whatever, or the. You know the one that that was married to the one that burnt the barn down or something. Oh, oh, it might have been. I don't know. Gosh, I can't remember. But all these these funny rural Birmingham accents are about. They're all the same. <laughs> 
It's like down, like down here. Everyone talks like that down, down here. Well, you certainly do. I have to say. Oh, yes, well, I do. Yes, indeed. <laughs> now, Talking the, the, of you... the actress that plays Nick Grundy, she will, of course, be at the live recording next Monday at the BBC Club um, on Something Street, whose name completely escapes me, um, uh, where it was last time, basically. Um, and she will be there, and so will uh, uh, Annabelle Dowler, who plays Kirsty, and possibly Anya, who plays Lexi, but we don't know because she might have to be doing something else at the time. But anyway, two out of three ain't bad. And Sounds like they're going to be marvellous. I know, it is. Well, I hope so. Have you got anything special lined up? No, apart from it's that. just going to be the usual thing, isn't it, really? Yeah. Expect. Yes. Yeah, yes. good. Mm. Drink will be taken, I imagine, by, by certain people. After the recording. Yes. Oh, I was talking about the audience. Oh, I see. Oh, yes, they can get sozzled. That's fine. Who's doing the bar? Is Tony Hall doing the bar again? <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine it? <laughs> oh, dear. <coughs> Who is Right, next? Andrew. I was just going to say, Andrew, yes, in general, we agree. Yes. Next is Andrea. Hello, Dumpty Dum. Hello. This is Andrea from Houston, at True Dogs Molly Fleur on the Twitter. Um, I have a plot prediction for you. Hannah, the pig girl, she is Ambridge's <laughs> first lesbian. And I noticed she was interested in Helen. So Helen has had enough of men and turns to a lesbian relationship with mm. Hannah. This is my guess. We'll have to wait and see whether it turns out right. Loving the show and greetings to all Dumpty Dumbers everywhere. Bye. Bye. Well, first of all, I don't think you should refer to people as the pig woman. Um, <laughs> no, the pig girl she, she was. That's even worse. Pig, pig girl. Um, I don't. I don't know. I mean, is that? Is that? Is that what's going to happen? I can't see that happening. Why? Well, you don't just. You are either gay or not, aren't you? No. You don't just. Oh, oh really? We're, we're well, all gender I mean, fluid now, darling, aren't we? Well, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, I believe in the continuum, and I'm I'm somewhere on the continuum, whichever way it goes. But um, okay, well, if if you put it that way, then yeah, that's possible. Who do you mean? But... You mean Helen? Helen? Yeah, Helen. I don't know anything but about you, Helen. You, you you fall in love with the person, not the genitalia, don't you? So you know, she she might, you know, yes, it could happen. And hurrah, because we don't, we haven't had a lesbian in Ambridge. Well, I haven't. Apart from um, Carol. but uh, we don't. <laughs> we <laughs> Carol, Carol, uh, um, Carol's daughter, whatever her oh, name yes, was, the yes, lawyer. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, but not a practicing one. She wasn't practicing. Was she? Um, she was. She had. A, she had a, a partner called Max, and that they called the, the partner called Max. So we were like, "Oh, Max!" Nobody and then that Max is Maxine. But they'd split up. But yes, they weren't in Ambridge. At it. Oh, okay. Yes. All right. That's what. We at, yes. <laughs> at what? I, at okay, could we say to explain? All oh, right. Okay. You're not going to ask me what lesbians do, are you? <laughs> Absolutely not. I've I've seen instructional videos. <laughs> God, who's next? <laughs> oh goodness me, Catherine Rowan Jones. 
Good evening, Dumpty Dummers Worldwide. It's Catherine Rowan-Jones here calling in from High Wycombe at 88 Ivy Fox on the Twitters. Well, what a week. Fantastic event last Saturday for the Dumpty Dum Meetup at Oxford. Brilliant to meet so many people, uh, the warm, witty Robert, not least. And... uh, I'm so curious, so apologies for the fuckload of questions. Ambridge. Now, it's some interesting things for me in Ambridge this week. Will and Jake and the shooting lesson. Uncomfortable. Yeah. Because gamekeepers, well, we know how it works out or has worked out in the archers. Now, I learned to shoot when I was 16. I did target shooting on a rifle range. I shot lots of pieces of paper, which I don't regret. (laughs) Got a bit of safety from Will, but I'm sorry. My credulity went twang. (laughs) Really? Getting a left and a right on your first time? No. More realistic setup would be the recoil hits Jake in the shoulder and he goes arse over tit. (laughs) I did like tonight Brian and Adam treating one another like adults and actually being honest and open about the issues they face. I hope they can work. Actually, no, I think I'd quite like to see the decline of the House of Aldridge. Yeah, yeah. Bit of um, comeuppance for Brian. I think that would be sweet. So, there was something else, but fuck knows if I can remember. I love you all. Thank you for everything you do. <laughs> and there she goes. Very interesting lady. I, I She was a translator in Europe. Really? Yes. A Spanish and French or something, I think wow. I remember. And she's very much into uh, crafting. She's a crafty Mm. woman and she she spins her own yarn etc so um very interesting you never know you never know what people get up to while they're listening to the archers she's absolutely spot on though about will and jake that him 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 getting a left and right is just ridiculous and yes absolutely it would knock him flat on his bum yes and it was because i presume he's using a 12 bore shotgun or something like that yeah and it it just was Hmm. uncomfortable listening because you, you know it was it was just Will sort of frantically fishing for favour again, and you think, oh, just stop it! You're being a bit too. It's just too much, too much, too much. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I I don't know. I've never been in that situation, and you can't can't blame him for doing that. He doesn't know what to do. He's he's set adrift on yeah, on I know yeah on this ocean that he doesn't he doesn't know which way to swim. Yeah. No, I, I, I can't believe I actually feel sorry for Will. Because he's the most loathed character as far as I'm concerned. But I suppose that's why they they did it to him, because he was so cocksure of it, of himself and up his own backside and superior to his poor brother. Yeah. Um, And it's it's Ambridge karma coming to strike again, isn't it, I guess? But it's still painful to listen to. Very painful. Yep. And on that note. Normally it's Nick at the wheel of the Ambridge Karma. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Well, that's the end of the caller in Uh We'll take an ad break and then we'll be back with the social media. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. 
Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science, with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. And welcome to The Things That Made England. I'm Roy Phil Brown, and with me I have... David Crowther of The History of England. It was the best of time. It was the worst of time. She was the people's princess. It was fight on the beaches. Oh, hey, man, these are the things that made England. It was fight on the landing ground. These are the things that made I England. I have a body, but of a weak and evil woman. These are the things that made England. And a king of England, too. These are the things that made England. Cry God for Harry! And these are the things that made England. England! And St. George! These are the things that made England. It gives wind in Churchill's sails to say we can continue to fight on. Well, there cannot be many more famous events in English history than 1066. It hurts, (laughs) even now. Because 1066 is important. Yeah. But... There's aspects of modern British culture which I think get overlooked. So I'm proposing that this week we do scar. For me, the English flag has in the past certainly become associated with factionalism and, well, hideous racist and far-right views. And it's turned into a thing of disunity and almost xenophobia. The idea of this show is to decide on what things that make England as she is. The country that, despite it all, we feel lucky to be part of. Every week, one of us, that's David and I, will pitch an idea to the other to be designated as one of the things that makes England distinctive. Go and join our shiny new Facebook site where once a month we will post a poll where, should you so desire, you can make your own very suggestions for applications to the I Made England Award. So, without more ado, let's do it. Hi, this is Lucy, and you're listening to Walkie Talkie. Every day, I walk my dog in and around Epping Forest, and... There's a regular group of dog walkers that uh, catch up with each other. And the group of us, you know, we're from all kinds of different backgrounds. The one thing we have in common is that we all have dogs, obviously. And I sort of came up with the idea of recording these conversations because there's something quite confessional about walking side by side with somebody. There's no eye contact. You can just plod along. You know the names of their dog. You quite often don't know their name. You definitely don't know their surname. And uh, it's just a very odd little hour out of the day. And you can get some really startling insights into 
people's lives because they know that you don't have a relationship with them outside of the dog. And also if things get a bit, you know, emotional or a bit too close, you can distract yourself with whatever the dog's doing or you get quite close to people in a remote way. It's an intriguing sort of mixture. With people's permission, obviously, I started recording some of the conversations and it sort of grew and now people ask if they can come on the walk even though they don't have a dog because I think they just like the space to talk. So this is Walkie Talkie. I hope you enjoy it and I'll see you in the forest. Well, it's time now to catch up with the social media roundup coming from Millie Bell. Good day, everyone. Well, we had a discussion this week on Facebook about the fact that Witherspoon had called it on the stimulants, which was a hit, and I had called it on the love interest for Jazza, which was a miss. And Tess Blight has suggested that there might be a love interest for Tom. Sasha Manish said, I think the bruschetta topping is the real miss, since when do you cook the tomatoes and basil? Actually, yes, you're quite right. When that uh, scene was being played out, I did wonder what was going on in that kitchen. Dee Dickens said, I'm still uh, shipping Jazza and Fallon. Fazza forever. Uh, and Elizabeth Byrne said, it's about time Jazza had a girlfriend and the Grundies won the lottery. In fact, it's time something good happened in Ambridge. Now, I have to say, much as I love Witherspoon, and I really do, if he likes to make predictions and if he gets it right, he needs you to know he got it right. So he has also said, and I called it on Jazza, destined to be single, I think. Jazza having a love interest would compel him to make compromises in his life, such as taking a bath. Not going to happen. So we all have to check whether Jazza ever takes a bath, okay? So we can call with a spoon out on it. Um, And we also discussed the possibility of wedding bells, after all, in Ambridge. Jan A. Mitchell said, I loved that scene, brought a tear to my eye. So wonderfully typical of Fallon. Audrianne DT said, I seem to have gotten something in my eye right around the time of that conversation. I wondered if they were going to recover from Fallon's outburst regarding her disdain for the institution of marriage. It was a good way for her to resolve the matter. Glyn Fuller loved bells. They will use the clinking sounds of cash registers instead, methinks. And Alexandra Allport thinks they're doomed. Also on our Facebook page, we have some links so that you can get your new Dumpty Dum swag. So please, uh, it helps to support us, but it also uh, spreads the word and you get a great mug or whatever you choose uh, to use. So, um, And I don't think they're expensive, so please get on there and make your choice. We also wondered what on earth Alistair meant by Shula's behaviour. Carrie Spencer said, is Alistair scared by Shula wanting to be less boring than he is? And Tony Shepard said, if someone inexplicably says they don't love you after a zillion years, then good riddance. You will definitely have a better life afterwards. Go, Alistair. Uh, Kate Lyle really made me laugh. Sexually active woman makes autonomous decision. Worst possible thing to do in Ambridge. Rob got away with his behaviour. Shula can't possibly get away with hers. Leslie agrees. I can understand why he wants answers. But if it's not a big event that's caused this crisis, just years of attrition... How can Shula tell him anything? And I must admit, I keep thinking that. I keep thinking, what does anybody want her to say? She's just trying to say, look, there's no love anymore. And what can she do about that? 
Uh, we also wondered if there was an agricultural advisor out there in Dumpty Dum land who can advise Brian. This was after his uh, disclosure on Friday. And Janice Betson came to our rescue and said, perhaps he could borrow the money from the bank against the land that he was intending to sell rather than sen- selling the land outright and arrange to pay it back in instalments. He will then have to think up some kind of farming that will bring in high returns or maybe he could do a deal with Elizabeth and start up commercial top-of-the-range weekend shooting parties. They could stay at Lower Loxley and shoot at Brian's place with an with Ian supplying top-of-the-range picnic lunches. Brilliant. Uh, I'm not quite sure how easy it is to think of uh, things that will um, make a lot of money in farming, um, high returns, because... I guess my gut feeling is if that were possible, they would already be doing it. What do I know? Right, now we have a fabulous announcement to make. um, And I will just read what I wrote. Um, That I would be announcing this on Dumpty Dum, that with a spoon and I are delighted to say that Yokel Bear will be back on the team from next week. I love Yokel Bear's quirky sense of humour and his insight. And I do love Witherspoon's professional understanding of Ambridge behaviour. And I am going to continue to be outraged when villagers don't mind their own business. So the gang are back together. So welcome back to Yokel Bear. I know we'll all be really pleased. We had some lovely comments under that thread. Obviously, a lot of you are really looking forward to him coming back as well. So next week, jump onto the Facebook page because Yokel Bear will be in charge. Until I speak to you again in a fortnight... Well, that's a good announcement. Thanks very much, Millie Bell. Exciting to know that the team is going to be back together. It's great to know that Yoko Bear's back on form. Yes. I've been seeing on Twitter, or is it Facebook, that he's doing an awful lot of courses for work, which either can be a lot of fun or a bit dull. I don't know. I bet he's one of those people that's the one everyone likes on the course and everyone wants to sit next to him. Yeah. Yeah, just like he is here. Yes. Anyway, looking forward to that next week. He's not appearing live at the BBC, is he? I don't think so. No one tells me anything, though. He might well be. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Right. Time for a little bit of uh, Tweet of the Week, I think, Lucy, don't you? Okay. Um, First one, Rainbow Warrior. Um, Knee injury, Alice? Chardonny, more likely. (laughs) That's Um, quite good. At Labour Cat. (laughs) Said Shula's idea of living on the edge is wearing jeans without ironing them. Uh, <laughs> C.E. Michael. Unfortunately, Freddie took a whole lot of stupid pills before finding the smart ones. King <laughs> <laughs> Zandal, who is becoming a regular. Uh, I really hope Ellis's full name is Ellis D. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Uh, Worcester Yokel, Adam. I've got great difficulty in finding a window in my busy schedule for a wank in the next three months. <laughs> <laughs> and pie and a pint. Tweet of the week. Well, I'm familiar enough with soap plot lines to know that Brian and Adam's only options now are to torch the car lot or blow up the knicker factory. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone that isn't English doesn't get that. Uh, that's because two of our most famous soap operas, EastEnders and uh, Coronation Street, when things go wrong, they blow up the knicker factory on Coronation Street or they torch the car lot on EastEnders. <laughs> oh, I enjoyed that. Oh, God. For a moment, I thought, knicker factory, knicker factory. Oh, Mike Baldwin. <laughs> yes. Maybe that's what they'll have to do at Home Farm. They'll have to, they'll have to take in sewing or something to pay off, pay off the two million. Well, someone did tweet. I can't remember who it was, but they said, oh, let's see, uh, let's see Alice at the chicken factory. 
I don't think anyone's going to take Alice up the chicken factory, quite frankly. (laughs) Maybe Lillian could bail them out. Did Lillian actually get the money from Matt? There was never a transfer of the money from um, the Dow House. No. No, because some arrived, didn't it? Oh, did it? Some arrive later. Yeah, I think so. I wasn't I interested because I was just I was just waiting for the point at which he popped back, reappeared, and then mm. and then I realised he wasn't ever going to pop back, and he really had gone. Um, no. So yeah, never say never. That's what ah. I say. Right. Oh, well, we needed another new bloody editor, and then they'll bring him back, won't they? Mm. <sighs> now. I've got a little bit of a surprise for you at the end here, Lucy, because I've got you. Uh, well, I, actually, I, I, I have know I got my own tractor now. Don't get too excited. Oh. Now, I um, this I was going to use this for you earlier. Yeah. <laughs> but your your act, your actual typing is 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 louder and more comical than that. <laughs> I do have you. I do have a I, I do have a mode of transport to, uh, for you to leave on today. It's a so we'll, we'll play. <laughs> we, oh, how did you guess? Um, <laughs> shall yes. we do the end bit now? Yes. All right. All right. Remember to get in contact. You can send us a voice message via SpeakPipe on the website, or call o two o three o three one three one o five to leave a message. You can find Royfield and Lucy at Dumpty Dum. Lucy is at Lucy V. Freeman, and I can be found at Naked Fingers. And I suppose we need to talk a little bit about Patreon as well, don't we? Uh, if you'd like to keep our little show on the road, yes. go along to Patreon Where and look. Uh, well, I think because for the past couple of weeks we've been playing um, the Jan from Cannes. Oh, yes, it's disappeared, train. isn't it? Yes. But we used a different... Uh, I used a different opener today, yeah. and uh, anyway, it, it wasn't it's fine. Just go to patreon.com, leave us loads of money, and then you can get all the exclusive stuff. There we go. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Are you ready? Are you going to get in your little clown car now? Yes. Is it going to be a clown car? <laughs> and there she goes, on her way to Epping Forest, Walker Dog. And it does go. It does go on for quite a long time. <laughs> I love that. Make it stop now. That's too much. Yeah. Okay. Right. Stop. It, it's just gently. You need that MOTing, I think. <laughs> that and, and oddly, that sounds like my actual car as well. So that's very appetizing. <laughs> How wonderful. Well, thank you very much, everyone. We'll see you next time. Don't forget the live or the recorded live episode from the BBC next week. Until then, goodbye. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 